Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is you have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the blockchain and my co-host, Michael Keane. For today's interview, we have Sarah Bauman, creator and founder of Women and Weapons. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Yes. Oh my God. I'm pumped to have you on. Um, This is actually our 99th episode, which you just finished telling us right before we started recording that 99 is actually one of your favorite numbers, right? Yeah. Like this was just meant to be essentially. That's so crazy. This was definitely (laughs) meant to be. And, And speaking of 99, 100 is coming up next. Uh, and we actually are going to be doing a, a bit of a Q&A segment for our 100th episode. And we wanted you guys to submit any questions you may have. Um, and so in the show notes, we have a Google form you can fill out uh, asking any questions. And we're going to try to answer as many of them as we can on our 100th episode. We also have a couple other special things planned for the 100th episode as well. But yeah, that's just one of the things we're doing. All right, let's jump back into this. Uh, Michael, how's your day going? It's going well. It's nice to record in the afternoon. Yes. Took my kids to art class and then came home and oh. doing this. Yeah. Don't have to cook dinner tonight. Oh, snap. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Now you're winning. I know. I know. This is nice. This is nice. I have a podcast, honey. I can't be in the house right now. <laughs> That's the way I had, to, I had to take them the whole afternoon to make up for it. So now. We switched off, but it's been good. It's been a good day. It's been a good day. A lot of Twitter spaces earlier. Yeah. Yeah. We we know you're addicted to those uh, capitulation ones. Uh, Um, (laughs) um, All right. (laughs) Marathon too. Oh yeah. Alex goes live like 24 seven. It's crazy. Yeah. My voice would be completely shot. He's not going to be able to keep it. He's not going to be able to keep it up. Oh, Michael's praying on his downfall. No, I'm not praying on his downfall. Um, I'm just saying, nobody. what's he going to do in six months? He's still going to be going. He's going to have to try and make money somehow. Something's going to happen. He's going to get bored. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? I was in a Twitter space with you last night, Sarah, where you were on stage uh, with Farouk and Nicole, and that was really cool. And uh, maybe we'll talk about some of that, the the Iran stuff and the the hopeful revolution. You know, I was. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, really, I think, one of my first times talking about it very publicly. And so mm-hmm. it pulled on a lot of emotional strings. I'm sure plenty yeah. of people heard that, which I was like, oh, crap. That's like the one thing that I didn't want to do. And that's the one thing that happened. But yeah, I'll be happy to touch on it later. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I think we should. Cool. Well, let's start this out with, you know, we always like to to get to know how our guests got into the NFT space. You know, what what did the beginning of your journey look like? How did you first find out about NFTs? Yeah, so I feel like I've had a very odd trajectory getting into the NFT space. I am I have my education in occupational therapy. Um, I'd worked as an occupational therapist for about five years in the hospital system and an outpatient therapy. Um, however, I've always been 
passionate about art ever since I was a little girl. That's been all I'd ever really wanted to do. And my husband had gotten into crypto around 2017, had started digging around into the NFT space in 2020. And I think he started seeing the potential of the NFT space, especially for somebody like me who was a hopeful full-time artist. And so he kind of kept nudging me like, you need to look into this. You really need to look into this, do your homework on it. Um, And of course, you know, it took a few dips into it to finally start like letting it marinate in my brain. And after a few dips in and getting to know the community and getting kind of to realize the possibilities, especially for artists, uh, I was totally sold into it. And so I want to say like maybe around early summer of 2020 is whenever I started getting into the NFT space and minted my original 10-piece Women of Weapons collection onto OpenSea, onto the blockchain. And then the story kind of gets crazier when Gary Vaynerchuk purchases three of my original pieces and the rest of them sell out in 45 seconds while I'm working in the hospital. So I'm trying to manage a patient patient while my Twitter is going bonkers on my Apple watch. And I feel like that was definitely like the turning point of what changed my life and what kind of allowed me to delve into the NFT space and into the art world full time. Dang, that's crazy. I did not know that like at all. Yeah, it's been a very wild ride. That is for sure. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, so those, so you have the 10 original ones that you minted. And then how did Gary Vee find out about your NFTs? Like, what? why did he buy three of them? Like, was did yeah. he know you? Like, what was this? No, 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 no. So I don't know if you guys remember, like, throwback to 2020, whenever he used to post on some Saturdays, like, hey, I'm looking for one of one artists who have unsold artwork. And so it was like the morning before I was leaving for the hospital. And I posted because he had made one of those posts on Twitter. And I commented with one of my pieces. And I said, I would love it if you would be my first collector, or if you would consider being my first collector or something of that sort. And sure enough, he was. And so basically, just I think putting myself out there and shooting my shot is what, you know, grabbed his attention. And caused him to make that initial purchase, which just really, I think, catalyzed the fire that became women and weapons. Um, And so, yeah, just this is, I think, a big part of why I constantly tell people just to shoot your shot, give it your best go, send the DM, send the email, send that, you know, message on LinkedIn or whatever, you know, 90% of people might say no or ignore you, but 10% might say yes and might change your life. So it's been amazing. That's incredible. That is amazing. Fast forward to VCon and you're one of like the featured projects that has like a booth and everything that is just so wild, which we definitely have to get into. But okay, so then when did you make your like your actual like 10k collection women and weapons? project. Yeah. So I had actually started working on the 10,000 piece collection before Gary made the purchase of, you know, those three original women and weapons kind of started working on something that was a little bit more purpose built for the space, you know, recognizing that that's a lot more of what was in the space. Um, And so I had started it, but was working on it very slowly. And then when Gary made his purchase, I think that was a very strong, um, tap on the shoulder to light a fire under my butt and get going on it. Um, So I really wanted to work with that momentum. And so he purchased, I want to say in August or so. And on October 23rd of 2020 was whenever we officially minted the 10,000 piece collection. Um, So it was not a massive timeframe. It was basically me working in the hospital, like basically nine hour days coming home and then drawing for an additional five to six hours to get the collection knocked out. That's crazy. Yeah. It was a whirlwind. That's for darn sure. But you know what? Whenever you feel it, 
and something feels like it's a little bit magical, you have to run with it. That's so true. Yeah. You gotta, I mean, and I think the adrenaline too, like helps keep you going. You know, you're like, it's exciting times. Like, you know, you're, you're working on, you obviously have your main job. You're working on your, your passion, your side hustle. And I'm sure now you don't work at the hospital, right? Like now NFTs is your full-time thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. Exactly. I actually literally, I continued working in the hospital until January of 2021 because my mom literally was like, well, first and foremost, I be, I went into healthcare initially because my mom was like, your choices in life are to be doctor, lawyer, or engineer, or, you know, I excommunicate you basically. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. She's a very spicy lady, but she's cute as a button. And so whenever this all happened. I said, mom, I'm going to start working on women weapons full-time. She was like, excuse me. I don't think so. You will be continuing into healthcare." So I continued working part-time until January. And then I was like, this is, this is going somewhere, mom. And she, I think realized it too. And she was like, you know, you're right. Okay. I think you should do women and weapon full-time. <laughs> I was like, good. Okay. I'm glad we've come to a consensus. Let's on go. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been a believer ever since. Wow. Did, I'm a holder. Oh, oh that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a, for over a year, not for over a year, for almost a year. I bought it in early November. I have nice. uh, one, one with a gold, uh, a dagger with gold brass knuckles. Really nice. Nice. Yeah. Big they, fan. You know, anything gold is basically one of my favorite pieces. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's good to know. So the Iranian worth, and me, there's uh, none listed. There's none listed. There's only the only one listed with that weapon is for 3000 ETH. The only one listed. Oh my gosh, that is bomb. Yeah, weird. Oh, that was a really cool stat. I'm glad you just threw that out there. That was a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. That's amazing. Yep. I'm sorry if I keep cutting Jennifer off. I just want to throw. No, that no, you're good. You can, you can cool. go for it. You can go yeah, for yeah. it. Now, a, a bunch of us at NFT Catcher were buying them. Though Nikki and Casey, the two ladies I work with, uh, they they bought them too. So it's uh, we're we're big, we're big fans from the beginning. You know what that means? That just means that we're continuing on the uh, saga of having wonderful humans uh, as a part mm. of our community. So we appreciate oh, nice. that truly. Cool. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So what is, so the art is very interesting because, you know, it's, it's a bunch of women and then there's a bunch of different weapons that they're holding. Um, yes. And, you know, it, it definitely seems like, okay, there's some type of deeper meaning to this. I'll love if you can kind of explain uh, you know, the meaning behind the art, your inspiration behind the art, uh, why you chose this style. So um, I think with me, I'm the type of person who has a tendency to process and think quite often in pictures instead of words. Um, and basically, I had come across an art uh, exhibition by Shireen Nashat. She's an Iranian artist. Um, And she really portrays the dichotomy of what men versus women experience in Iran. Um, And it kind of got my my gears turning. And I was I came across some ads from the mid-century, like the 40s through the 50s, um, that really put women down. I don't know if you've seen any of the ads, but there's one where there's a woman with her head on the floor and there's a guy's shoe on top of her head. And it says, um, you know, show her who's boss or keep her where she belongs. There's one of a guy that's spanking his wife because she brought home the wrong type of coffee. And so there was just a lot of, you know, very much of putting women down in that mid-century era, which I thought was so intriguing because women really stepped up to the plate whenever uh, 
you know, the men were at war in World War II, a lot of women came and started working in the factories, building ammunitions, building basically anything that was needed for war at that time. And that was a big part of what kind of spurred on women and weapons. Um, And so I kind of wanted to flip those ads of the mid-century on their head and instead make these women appear powerful while also kind of giving a little bit of a nod to that World War II era weaponry, but also utilizing the weaponry as the symbols of the weapons and the metaphors of the weapons that women carry into their everyday. Um, I did also think that it would open up a lot of opportunities for dialogue for people, one being that the title of the collection is Jarring, Being Women and Weapons, and two, the responses that people get from seeing the imagery, whether it's a positive or negative response, I think catalyzes a conversation. And I think ultimately conversation is what creates cultural change. Um, And so I think that there's a lot of opportunities conversationally to be had regarding women and weapons for equity with women. You know, why does this jar you seeing a woman holding this, but it doesn't seeing a man holding this and so on and so forth. Um, So there was kind of a lot of little undertones associated with women and weapons. And that was, I think, a big part of why I decided to create it was a lot of mental processing on my own behalf, but also the hopes that conversation could be created as a result of it. Beautiful. So you were at VCon. One of the things I noticed, which I, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but I really felt like there was a great representation of women like at VCon. And it wasn't like, you know, where it was like, oh, women panel or just kind of like, emphasizing it like it was just more like it was just there you know you just noticed that there was a lot of women speakers and panelists and you know and it wasn't like look at us we are really highlighting women it was like they were just doing it you know they weren't trying to get recognition for it which I loved I thought that was great yeah I gotta say you know I think Gary Maha the V Friends team the VCon team the Vayner team all of them they're just a magnificent group of good people. If you've ever visited the the Vayner, I guess, headquarters or offices, I guess is the best way to put it, you'll you'll find that the people that are there are just really good, wholesome people. Um, and I think that that was absolutely reflected in VCon, the way that it was put together, the people who were guest speakers and so on. I think a lot of the culture that Gary and his team have created was absolutely reflected at VCon. And I think people 100% felt that. Okay. So now you got to tell us about going to the headquarters because clearly (laughs) you've been there. I have been there. I actually, I went to Gary's office and he was not in town, which was super sad, but you know, over the course of everything that we've done with women and weapons, I've had a lot of really awesome opportunities to work with more and more people from the Vayner team. And I feel like I probably know a good half of them at this point. Um, and they are just some of the loveliest people on planet earth, but, uh, yeah, the Vayner offices are dope. It is a super cool place, super chill place, really happy humans. Uh, Gary's office is way smaller than you would ever think it would be. And he's got all kinds of cool stuff in there. You could easily spend like hours in there just looking at all the cool stuff he's got on his shelves and his walls. (laughs) Yeah. We see in the background of his videos, just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what is all this stuff? Like, you just have a bunch of collectibles everywhere. So, okay, so then how did you get from, you know, you, you sold out your collection and everything. I mean, obviously, Women and Weapons became successful, is successful. And how did you get to VCon? How did you get to be one of the featured projects at VCon? I was there, by the way, and I, I was like... I mentioned this before we started recording, but I saw you and I knew who you were. Like, I feel like everyone knows who you are. And you're also one of the like many like founders that put themselves out there. So it's like, okay, I recognize your face. Um, But there was a huge line 
for people like wanting to get your signature and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't be waiting this long line. But it was it was really cool to see. Like there was a lot of people lining up to to come meet you. Oh yeah. That still like feels really weird to hear, to be honest. I'm just like, I'm just yeah. a normal human, I swear. But yeah, actually what happened with VCon was really cool. Um the Vayner and VCon teams, including Maha herself, who uh she works with Gary very closely. Uh, they hand selected eight of us projects to be a part of uh, NFT land, uh, which was super awesome. So it was myself, well, Women and Weapons, uh, Dead Fellas, Cyberconk, Subducts, which I see in your background there, uh, World of Women, uh, Creature World. Um, but yeah, there was a whole host of us, really, really, really awesome groups, artists, everybody. Um, and it was an absolute blessing and a pleasure to be selected by them to be able to participate in that. And the way that we were able to really engage with our women and weapons community and some of the V friends and Vayner communities, uh, just by having that booth at NFT land was amazing. Absolutely massive. I loved every ounce of it. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was super dope. Like what they did. First of all, it was huge. Like it was in a stadium and there were so many different like sections and segments. And what was like one of your favorite besides like the booth and everything. And I'm sure all the opportunities or the people you met, or even maybe it was a person you met, but what was like one of the highlights from VCon for you that, that you felt was really special? Um, you know, I think one of the, which I hope this doesn't sound corny because it's really true. Uh, one of the biggest highlights I think was just to be, to be able to meet a lot of people from our community, like sit down on the couch at our booth with them and hear their stories talk to their kids, talk to their wives. Some people, they did like a FaceTime call to a family member or a friend. I got to chat with them. And so just those those human connections are extremely um, valuable to me and extremely important to me um, because I really believe in, in the good of human beings. And I think that's something that that really fuels my fire as a human. But, you know, outside of meeting our community, I think a lot of what just was really, really magnificent was being able to see so many of these people that I had been talking with, you know, on Twitter spaces and online and in Discord. And, you know, I mean that as like, Seeing you on stage was amazing. Seeing Farouk in real life was awesome. I mean, seeing Danny from Creature World, who's the sweetest human on planet Earth, was just the biggest blessing of all time. Um, just meeting people in real life and kind of kind of getting to know them outside of social media was really nice. Yeah, we were we were talking about this a bit before, but um, you said you saw me on like the screen like kind of near the main stage, uh, one of my panels. Girl, no, I was in the crowd watching you. I was sitting like in the chairs. I had actually, I moderated five panels at VCon. So it was like three days, first day one, second day I did two, that was the second day. And then Thursday or the, the last day, the third day I did two and one of them was on the main stage, which I was so nervous for. But yeah, the one that you watched was, um, had Amber Vittoria on it who you said you went to go see. And oh man, it was it was chaotic in some of those side stages because there was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then after, you know, as soon as the panel would end, you had about a couple of minutes to to shuffle off stage. And then the new, you know, panelists came on and it would get all crazy in there. And you had to like try to get everyone to be quiet and sit down, you know? Oh my God. Um, I literally, my husband and I, Jake, we absolutely loved watching you on stage, like getting the crowd to like calm down and everything. We were like, oh my God, she's an adorable firecracker. We freaking love her. Um, and I've basically been a fan of you ever since. 
That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny because that's what some people said. I'm like, oh, that's what you remember, like me quieting down the stage. But that's great. I think that's great. No, you totally, you commanded the stage. You had an exceptional presence. Yes. So many, many, you know, commending of you. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. It was definitely like, oh man, it was so surreal. Like just meeting, you know, other speakers and meeting people there, meeting Gary, like, and just, man, that was such an amazing experience. And hey, hopefully the next one, you know, we all get invited back 2023. We don't know where it's going to be or when, but waiting to hear. Wasn't there a rumor? Wasn't there a rumor just like a few days ago? Gary announced like a video and he was like, oh, I saw his video, but there was a there was a rumor that leaked. And yeah. I'll, I'll say it, but I'm not, this is totally unsubstantiated, completely unsubstantiated, but people said Chicago. Really? Oh, Who said yeah. Chicago? I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't heard the rumors yet either, but I'm like, I, I heard a whisper. I heard a whisper, but I don't know. It's completely, oh, it could be totally it in Chicago. Everybody was saying Canada before. That was what everybody was saying for a long time. Because he kind of teased Canada. Like, right, was, right, right. Who right. lives in Canada? Oh, okay. That's very interesting. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. but then everyone's Maybe like, in oh, Antarctica for all I care and I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Hey, more. I'll stay in an igloo just to be at VCon 2023. I'll be all right with it. He should do like Tokyo or, or Seoul. Is what I, oh, is what would I would like. Right. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Some of us haven't left the country that much. So um, I'm kind get of your pass- in the US, Get your passport but- ready. Get your passport ready. Uh, okay. I guess I'd be willing to go to Tokyo um, or somewhere else. Yeah. He yeah, should go crazy with it, you know? Whatever. Yeah. He's had 10,000 people he's trying to get Give- the next one. Yep. So. Right. Dude, to be fair, though, he's been one of the people that I think has done it like the absolute best in regards to like NFT crypto based conferences. You know, just looking at the number of people who were in the crowds of the panelists was yeah. really impressive to see yeah. because, you know, you go to a lot of different conferences and there's, you know, not the entire seating area is filled with people who are listening. But at VCon, it was really special because just about every single panel you went to was like even more people than there were chairs, which was really special that there were that many people engaged in listening with, to the panelists. I thought that was really special. Uh, yeah. And yeah. and I definitely noticed that the side stages were popping a lot more than the main stage. You know, main stage was cool, but it was like, there's kind of a lot going on with that carousel there and everything. But um, oh yeah, people are very engaged, which was, which was great to see. Um, are there any other events you're going to NFT events before the next VCon. Yeah. So we had kind of a like sprinting of a marathon this past summer. We went to gosh, like, what was it? Four conferences and or events back to back. We were literally not home for like a month, month and a half straight. Um, and so that was kind of like our big sprint of conferences. We went to consensus, we went to NFT NYC, we went to NFT LA. Um, I spoke at, at Brilliant Minds. And so we've been kind of just, you know, sitting down, really knuckling down and focusing and, you know, working on women and weapons stuff at home. But I would say that it's not set in stone yet. It's still TBD, but hopefully we'll be going to Art Basel coming up here soon. Hey, we'll, hey. we'll be there. We'll be there. Me and my car are going. Yeah. So hopefully we I- see you. I think the large majority of people are planning to go for sure. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I'm I'm always any excuse to go to Miami, I'm there. I love Miami yeah. so much. Yeah. Same. Here for it. Yeah. <laughs> always here. I, I lived I live down here, so I go I go all the time. I go yeah. I'm, I'm here 
easy enough just to go. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I couldn't believe how warm it was in December. I was like, I could live here. And then I saw the prices of the houses and I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah it's so <laughs> I thought I could, but I can't. <laughs> I know. I'm like trying to like, oh, are there any affordable apartments? And it's like all super expensive. I'm like, no. Yeah, um, it depends on location. But if you're trying yeah. to be like in the heart of it, it's definitely right. very expensive. Yeah, no, I was like, huh, I'll just head back to Texas. Mm-hmm. I'll, go to, I'll go to Miami once a, once a year. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. What is Women in Weapons working on right now? You kind of mentioned you guys are working on stuff. Yeah, we're working on a bunch of stuff. We actually just had like a spurt of announcements, what, like a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, one of the big ones is bringing our characters to life, i.e. Nova. Um, she's kind of started building her presence on social media, on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and everything. Um, so she's essentially one of our season two characters who has left the blockchain Um, And she is coming to life in a motion capture form. And so she's really going to be able to meet people where they are. Um, So through vertical social media platforms, i.e. TikTok, Instagram reels, uh, YouTube shorts, and so on. And so she's going to have a really fun, quirky, sassy personality uh, that I think is going to be really exciting for people to see, you know, one of these season two characters coming to life, one of these women weapons coming to life. Um, But we also just announced a partnership um, with Galaxy Fight Club. So we have a couple of our characters in the Galaxy Fight Club game. So people can basically go and play as a women and weapons character. Uh, You can, of course, learn more about that at the Galaxy Fight Club website. We also had a collaboration with uh, the Phoenixes not too long ago. But right now we're really focused on knuckling down and working heavily on Nova and a few other initiatives that people will be hearing more about coming up soon. Yeah, and Nova has purple hair, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. If I wasn't a brunette, I would probably also have purple hair. But if I were to bleach my hair enough to get purple hair, it would all fall out. Oh, trust me. I know I have dark brown. Well, now it's kind of back to its natural color, but I have dark brown hair and I bleached the absolute crap out of my hair and and dyed it purple and had it maintained purple for like maybe two years. And I was just like, I can't do this to my hair anymore. It's literally so dead. It feels so dry. And so I I started growing out natural. I dyed it back to natural color. And now, oh my God, it feels so much healthier. I'm like, Jesus, my poor hair. This is why I just do this little bit because oh, yeah. I that's can smart. only handle straw hair for about this section and that's it. And then the rest straw of the hair. Is, yeah. Yep. Exactly. The struggle. Yeah. I know. Michael, can you relate to this? I have purple this? in the back over here. There you go, Michael. <laughs> Way to bust in there. Way to just uh-huh. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I saw Nova on your guys' Twitter, which by the way, you guys should be following woman and weapons on Twitter. Stay up to date with what they're, what they're doing. Is it woman and weapons or women and weapons? Women. Women, women and weapons. weapons. Yeah. Just making sure. I thought so. Women That's okay. They, Not they to call. Out. I know. She's, yeah. yeah. They'd figure you know it out. <laughs> yeah. Th- well, okay. I'm the holder here. I'm the holder here, Jennifer. <laughs> I know what it's called. Okay. Tell Holder's us. Hodler. I'm oh yeah, okay, Michael, <laughs> you're saying it wrong. It's hodling. Yeah. Just That's kidding. True. Sorry, Michael. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. No, we oh, like to gang up on Michael whenever yeah. possible. Well, it's actually it's 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 interesting that I am hodling this one because normally I just sell everything. So this is one I actually really like and want to hold. That's awesome. Love yeah. to hear. Yeah. Why you decided to hodl this, Michael? Uh, answers. Why did I decide? Because. I actually was looking at the stats and congratulations. You're almost at 5,000 ETH on the secondary. That's amazing, by the way. 
the price I think maxed out at about was it 0.75 ETH floor? Was it close to like about that? So, and I know that there's more potential. Like if it would have gotten to like three or four ETH, like everything, I, I probably would have sold. No offense, you know, it was a lot of money. And uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. There is no shame in the game whatsoever. Right, for sure. But at 0.75, it wasn't it, it wasn't worth it for me to sell, I don't think. So I know every like everything else, it's down a little bit from its high right now, but everything is. Um, but it's one that I really like and I'm glad I have, and I'm glad I have for the long term. Oh, thank you. I point. appreciate that. Yeah, we're uh we're in it for the long term as well. We are big time, you know, working on building and we recognize that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, yeah. so you know, we have a lot of ideas and a lot of plans that we just intend to continue building on at a very sustainable rate. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes. And you know what? I love seeing people on Twitter that are like doing amazing things. And then like the the profile picture they represent, which I have to bring up girl in the verse, girl in the verse.eth. She has a woman in weapons PFP and she, she always comes out with these like weekly crypto news update videos which are just so amazing she's in like a different setting every topic I'm like oh my god she puts a lot of effort into these videos and I reached out to her and I was like you do an amazing job like I love these videos but yeah like do you know her or like how did she start making videos with your guys's pfp does she just is she just like a big fan of women women and weapons Yes. So you know it's so funny she actually so we released our ip rights gosh I want to say it was like I don't even know how I don't I can't tell time in this space anymore, but I want to say it was like four or five months ago. And so she was like, can I can I use my women weapons as basically my persona for my podcast? Um, Because I feel like she really embodies me. She looks like me like this is the energy that I'm trying to put out into the world. And I was like, yeah, girl, absolutely. Go for it. Live your best life. And I think ever since then, like, you know, I've had an opportunity to see her at VCon and her and I chit chatted for a long time. And I've become a massive fan of her videos and her podcast and everything. I think she's just beyond brilliant and entertaining. And if there is anybody who is doing these quick quip, like, you know, news flash videos the right way, it is most certainly her. Um, I think she's a magnificent human. I retweet her on a regular basis. And I hope more and more people will continue to listen to the magic she's putting out in the world because she's a precious human. How do we find her girl in the verse? Yeah, her Twitter is girl underscore in the verse, V-E-R-S-E. Gotcha. She's honestly underrated because like her, she doesn't have like a really big following. Yeah, I'm following. I'm actually following. I'm following her. Oh, yeah. Already. Yeah. Yeah. But her videos always like blow up and like, yeah, she she makes really awesome. She's absolutely amazing. She's one of those people that you're just like, man, you know, you are hustling. You are killing it. You are doing such a magnificent job. I hope to God that you achieve your dreams and get everything that you are <laughs> in regards to chasing those dreams because she's doing a phenomenal job. Oh, nice. Don't forget your lipstick podcast. Yes. Love it. I love love it. Everybody <laughs> should check it out. It looks great. I'm yeah. Listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we, we gotta, we should bring her on a Sunday recap. Episode. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Oh my God. Absolutely do. Okay. First of all, I, I wanted to say, I was like thinking about this earlier when you were saying like that you, you got into NFTs in 2020. And I'm like, that's so crazy. I got into NFTs in 2020. And you remember feeling like this, but it kind of felt like in the beginning, it was like, oh man, one day these are really going to take off and everyone's going to know about NFTs. But for now, it just feels very like kind of small-ish and like not that many people know. And it's so crazy to me, like the feeling now of like 
literally almost everyone knows what an NFT is. Or maybe I just think that everyone knows what an NFT is. Maybe they don't. But I mean, granted, a lot of people are haters right now. You know, it's early stages. But they still are aware, which I think is so crazy, like how fast everything has moved in this space. And man, it's just everything has moved so quickly. Yeah. And to be fair, I do have to correct. I got in in 2021. I probably said 2020 because my brain is like still hurting from, from the Twitter spaces yesterday. Um, but yeah, I got in in 2021, but I mean, even then, like just the massive shift since last year, but I think, you know, so much of that has been because of so many big companies, media, you know, the amount of commercials you're seeing nowadays about crypto and the metaverse and so on. I think Mm -hmm. all of that has really started to pique people's interests and they're starting to delve into a little bit further. And now it's all becoming more mainstream, Um, so I can only imagine where we'll be in a year from now, you know, how many more people will know what an NFT is and be utilizing it differently and be utilizing it in real life more often. I bet you a bucket's going to happen. Yeah. What do you think's next for, for the NFT space or the web three space? You know, I try really, really hard to not guesstimate, um, because I always feel like I'm going to sound like one of those people from like 1991 talking to the news about what the internet would be and being Mm -hmm. super wrong and off course. (laughs) Um, so I, I try not to speculate, um, but my anticipation is we're going to see more, uh, real world utilization of NFTs, uh, coming about is, is my best guess, but uh, excited to see what's done, where it goes. You know, I frequently say that I think this is a space with a convergence of a lot of very intriguing populations, uh, artists, creatives, business people, finance people, tech people, devs, you name it. Um, and a lot of these people are some of the most brilliant minds in their spaces. And so I can only imagine what develops from here. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's too late for people to start a project, you know, at this at this point in time? I don't think it's too late. For sure. I definitely don't think it's too late. I think that people just need to be very thoughtful about what it is that they're creating um, and, you know, make sure that what it is that they're creating is something that is based off of a gap they might see in the market, a problem that needs to be solved, something that's new, something that's unique, mm-hmm. something that's different. Um, I just think that we've entered a time where being very thoughtful and calculated and observant uh, about what it is that you're creating has become of the utmost importance. And remember that it's going to be forever. You start it, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yep. you're going to have people that yep. want you to keep going forever. Yep. I think I think that's a big thing that oftentimes gets overlooked. And that was something that I actually posted about on Twitter not too long ago was that mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're going to start a project or an initiative in the NFT space or whatever it might be, you know, recognize that this is going to be your business. This is going to be your livelihood. Like you need to give it the proper respect and give the people who are purchasing your NFTs the proper respect as well to really invest your time and your energy into it. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so weird that things are like on the blockchain. It's just permanent. Like I'm like, geez, hopefully people don't dig up all my past purchases and bad buys and everything like oh why did you buy this crypto dick butt like hey but you know what there's nothing wrong with that you know what that means that just means that you were learning that's all there is no (laughs) shame in buying you know something goofy or whatever because it's just a learning process it's part of learning jennifer has a big bag of crypto dick butt No, I had minted one like I don't know when the heck those things came out long like over a year ago I minted one and then I immediately, I was like, oh God, what did I do? Like, this is on the blockchain now. And now it's like, 
now like everyone's like, oh, crypto addict, but but I don't know. It wasn't really that popular when I minted. And I was like, oh gosh, why did I mint this thing? And I immediately listed it and I was like, please help, please help. And I it totally stayed in my wallet for like months. It did not sell, so I put it in my hidden folder. And then finally it started to have a run-up and it sold at whatever I had listed it at. And I was like, yes, it's gone. But um yeah. to be fair, I love the name. I think it's extremely <laughs> if we're being honest, extremely uh, yeah. It is. It is catchy. Yeah. I don't know why I was embarrassed about it. Like I would be totally fine about it now, but yeah, at the time I was like, Oh no, like, why did I mint this? People are going to see this. Well, I re- I respect you for it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so I have just a couple questions left for you. Sure. Um, and then I'll see if Michael has any last minute questions and yep. we'll wrap this up. Um, and then also, you know, if there's anything you want to mention as well, you know, yeah. let us know. Do you have any other, any advice to other founders in the space that are currently building, you know, they've minted out a project they're building, but you know, it, they're starting to get discouraged during the bear market. Maybe royalties are starting to dry up a bit and, you know, just, it's not as motivating as it was during the bull. What's your, um, advice to people that are, are, you know, trying to just grind it out in this bear market? I think people at this time should absolutely not lose motivation. In fact, this is the time that I think people should really uh, start thinking very deeply and introspectively to see what is going to spark them to be very creative and unique going forward. Um, I think this is an exceptional opportunity for us all to be building. You know, it's a quiet time. We're not all attending boatloads of conferences and this, that, and the other, you know, we can kind of think about things that maybe we've been wanting to do, but didn't have the time to do. And this is our time to really capitalize on that and work towards it. So I think people should absolutely not be afraid of this bear market. Don't, you know, shy away from it. Don't be uh, discouraged by it. Rather go create something unique with that time or build something and get creative. Yeah, totally. This is a great time to be building during the bear market. There's less pressure. There's not as many people. So, you know, you don't feel as like, I don't know. I think it's nice because it's less pressure. And I mean, you know, we've been doing this podcast for 14 months now. And it's like during the, the bear market, I mean, during the bull market, yeah, there's definitely more people listening and stuff. But I like it during the bear market because... Personally, I think it's a little easier to get a hold of people to come on the show because they're not as busy, which is great for us. And yeah, I just think it's a little easier to connect with people as well because there's not as many people, you know, here. And so I think it's it's a little easier to kind of develop relationships and, and really network. It's important to look at some of the companies that have been born out of recessions and mm markets like Uber, for example, Um, again, finding a niche, finding an area that needed to be worked on and built upon and was done and look at it now. So uh, people just need to kind of capitalize on, on this quiet momentum. Totally. Yeah, that's great. 100%. Well, we, we definitely need to talk about the Twitter space you were in last night and the situation in Iran, you know, I'm a, I'm a world travelers, like my my passion and I, I watch a lot of travel videos. So like I've seen lots of people travel to Iran and it's not like what a lot of people in the States think of. It's yep. very modern. The people are amazing. There's amazing history, food. Like it's everybody. If you watch, I, I recommend the guy Drew Binsky. You ever heard of Drew Binsky? No, but I will totally yeah. watch whatever it is you're telling me about. Cause I'm <laughs> also a travel junkie. 
you should absolutely check his videos out in Iran. Like he, it's one of his favorite countries. He's been to every country in the world and he goes there and puts together these awesome videos, shows it in amazing light. So I, you know, um, and I also know, like you, I want you to talk about what's happening over there, I guess, so to let people know that don't know that are listening to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am half Iranian. My mom is from Iran. Um, the majority of my family all still live there. I used to go back every two years from the time I was eight months old until I was about you know 16 or 17. And then it got much harder for me to go back because of my visa. But for the last 43 years, the uh, Islamic regime has been... Um, basically the people who are over the country of Iran. In 1979, there was a revolution. And ever since this new regime came into power, there have been a lot of very oppressive laws that have been put into place, i.e. women have to wear a hijab, cover their hair. They have to wear like a long jacket, cover their body. There's a lot of really ridiculous rules. Like it's illegal to have a dog. You can't drink alcohol. You can't eat pork. Um, Men and women have to take separate buses. They have to use separate pools, separate salons, separate gyms. Um, But on top of all that, there's a lot of also Baha'i people have been persecuted basically since this regime came into power. Same with LGBTQIA community. And it's been extremely. And by persecuted, you mean killed. Like it's. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. For sure. And a lot of these punishments come in very unfortunate ways, such as stoning people to death. Um, And, you know. I think most of us who have family in Iran or have been in Iran or anything have known somebody who's been injured or affected by the Bastiji, which is essentially the morality police or the police in Iran. Um, you know, we've had neighbors who had had both of their their tibia, which is your lower leg bone, fractured because their scarf was pulled too far back. Um, we had to pay the police to get my cousin out of jail because he was taken to jail for really absurd reasons, but people have just nonstop been beaten, taken to jail, taken to these re-education camps only to never be found again. They've disappeared. The government will bury them in these unmarked graves. Family will go find them, bury them for a family burial. The government will dig them back up and put them back in an unmarked grave and just basically cause chaos for a family. Well, I want to say close to a month ago, a 22-year-old Kurdish woman named Massa Gina Amini, she was uh, basically met by the Bastiji while she was out because her scarf was pulled too far back. And she was taken to a re-education center. Um, she was beaten so badly at this re-education center, she ended up in the ICU at the hospital and passed away two days later. Um, and this is essentially what spurred off the what initially was protest and is now truly a revolution in Iran, the people have just quite frankly had enough of um, being, you know, put down by their government and not being allowed to just live like normal human beings. Um, And that's, I think what we really want the world to see is that Iranian people are not what is often portrayed in Western media, in films and television and so on. Um, You know, we're regular people. We, like pizza. We like to dance. You know, we like to listen to music and enjoy life. Like, you know, it's not what a lot of people see. And all the people in Iran truly want is freedom. And that's it. And to live a normal life. And, you know, yesterday I was on that Twitter spaces. And that's really what my call to action is, is for people to just continue to share what's happening there and not to let the media forget that this is happening. Because, you know, us raising our voices outside of Iran about what's happening gives the people who are driving this revolution in Iran power and energy to continue what they're doing. And that is so incredibly important. Yep. 
Yeah, that was a great Twitter space. I was really happy to catch that and be in that last night. And I think one of the most important things you said is the people of Iran are not what is portrayed here. I don't I don't get a lot, see a lot of the news. I get my news on this on TikTok is where I see yeah. most of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, Iran has beautiful beaches. Before 1979, it was a very modern society. People in bikinis on the beach, from what I understand. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. Skirts, dancing. Yeah. You name it. I mean, people literally like I I'd had patients in the past that had told me that, like, you know, while they were working in another country in the Middle East, they would on the weekends go to Iran to have their like party weekends there. And they talked about how amazing it was. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that all changed in 79. It's been 43 years of oppression and the people are over it. Uh, I'm over it. I can't wait to be able to go back to Iran without it being a massive fight and just enjoy the beautiful place that is you know, essentially home. So yeah, I, I pray to God that, that this truly happens, but uh, you know, what people can continue doing is just raising their voices about what's happening there and continuing to, to inform and educate people about what's happening yeah. in your own now. Yeah, for sure. People definitely need to know. And I'm glad you're talking about it. I could, I could tell your passion, you know, it's definitely really important and, and, and good stuff. Hopefully it, hopefully it's high time for another revolution over there. 150%. I totally yeah. agree. Thanks for, thanks for recognizing that. I didn't want to get emotional last night on, on the Twitter spaces, but it just like, my mom just got back from Iran about a week and a half ago and we weren't sure yeah. if she would be able to get back because of how bad things are getting there. Yep. Um, and you know, I was just absolutely terrified for her, for my family. It's just been really, really scary. So constantly praying and hoping for the best for, for the people who are fighting for their freedom there. Yep. Same here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing that. Um, and also thank you for coming on the show and, and coming on our podcast and sharing your story. Um, a lot of things I didn't know, a lot of things I learned about you and yeah, excited to finally meet you in person someday, hopefully in Miami. Yes. Thank you guys so much. I really, truly appreciate you guys reaching out and, uh, Hey, if there's any way that I can get girl on the verse in contact with you guys, let me know. Uh, there's nothing better than putting amazing people up on a pedestal. So, um, but thank you again. I really appreciate it. What a wonderful show y'all have. No, thank, you. thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, well, definitely. I definitely got to reach out to girl in the verse. Definitely got to bring her on a Sunday recap episode. She'd be great for that. But yeah. Okay. So we're coming to a close here on this episode. As a reminder, um, if you'd like us to answer, if you have a question for us and want us to answer it on our 100th episode um, coming up next, uh, make sure you click the link in the show notes and fill out the form. Uh, We have some exciting things, exciting surprises planned for our 100th episode. So stay tuned for that. And we'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening.
Peace.